Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hello, and welcome back to Brand Week, the podcast. My name is Al Manorino, and I'm a senior producer of the Adweek Podcast Network. For many generations, Campbell's has been an iconic household name. Through logo facelifts, portfolio additions, and an advanced modern marketing strategy, the legendary consumer brand is set up for sustainable growth. On today's episode, you will hear from Linda Lee, Campbell's CMO of Meals and Beverages, who is joined by Chris Ahrens, executive editor at Adweek, to share her passion in turning the iconic brand into products that are applicable to new, younger audiences while continuing to appeal to the tried and true consumers. We hope you enjoyed this session from Brand Week 2022 and come back every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes leading up to our Brand Week Europe event happening this November 9th and 10th. Now, please enjoy this special Brand Week conversation. Campbell's, that's who we're talking about for more than 150 years. Campbell's has been a household brand name, but in an era of insights-driven marketing, how is this iconic soup brand expanding its portfolio to maintain, to stay in our cupboards in our homes, right? We want to make sure those Campbell's brands are in our, in our homes. So that's what we want to talk about with Linda Lee. That's Campbell's CMO of Meals and Beverages. So Linda, come on to the stage. Great. Linda, welcome to Brand Week. Thank you. All right, so let's get into it. Um, you grew up in a home yes. where your mom made soup pretty much every day, homemade yes. soup. Yes. Tell, tell us when was your first taste of a Campbell's soup? So ironically, when I came into this role, so three years ago was the first time that I had my first taste of Campbell's and definitely Campbell's condensed soup. We did not grow up with that. And what was the first Campbell's soup you had? What did it, what was it? The so I'd say the first one was tomato soup mm -hmm. and um, that was with milk because what I've learned is not everyone puts milk, some people put water. Um, but I do think it's really important as a brand leader to absolutely become the advocate of your products and your brand. And so for me, what that meant was living with the products you know, in my own kitchen for probably a year to really understand the magic of Campbell's condensed soup. And so um, that for me has become chicken, uh, not just chicken noodle, but cream of chicken, cream of mushroom, how to use that. Um, I think that naiveness has been actually a benefit as we bring in new users to our brands. Right, and we're gonna talk about your journey to Campbell's and, and what led, uh, led you to that brand, that iconic brand. Um, you've been attracted to turnaround challenges in your career. What what is it about that, that that makes you want to take on challenges like that? So if I didn't have this job, I would be renovating old homes. And, and I think that's why I love turnarounds of iconic brands. It's because you kind of inherit these brands that have such strong and good bones and you tear it apart a little to get to that and you get to build upon that. And having um, 
both turned around brands as well as launched new brands. I actually find that puzzle to be somewhat easier when you're getting to work with strong bones. So you could have had your own HGTV show is what you're saying. Oh, that would be so much fun. That would be a dream. <laughs> you probably still could. We could make some connections. I know we've got some new folks here in the audience. Um, so let's talk about since you arrived at Campbell's 2020, the year of the pandemic, uh, saw skyrocketing sales for the brand. Um, and you joined, as I said, just a few months before. Tell us about that year and sort of how the marketing kept up with the demand. Yeah, what a time to join, right? And I know I'm not alone. I think in this time I've met a lot of my peers that have also started jobs you know, since uh, the pandemic. And, and I'd say the good news is we had a strategy in place that had just started and we were seeing some traction in modernizing our brands. And what the pandemic did was not only validate but accelerate um, the pace of which we were modernizing, bringing in younger consumers into our brands, into our products. And so what it meant was we needed to just be much more agile. I think, number one, we were all experiencing the pandemic together. It helped us bring that empathy, finger on the pulse of what was changing. If you guys can recall, you know, every few months, something new was happening and we were all adjusting to that. And so our empathy and finger on the pulse really grew, but then how you responded to that. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, we actually paused all work and we said, if we're not providing comfort or utility, it wasn't gonna happen. And that filter or principle of which we do all of our marketing today, you know, three years out, continues. And I see that continuing forth. So those were just some of the things that changed. Endpoint didn't change in modernizing those brands, but how we got to that endpoint, it made us better. Uh, Linda's going to be taking some questions, of course, so if you have some, uh, be thinking about that. We've got the mics, of course, in the room. Um, more to that point, something like 13 million new households, right, became Campbell's customers during that, uh, the early days of the pandemic. A third of them millennials. So talk about what you learned from that data as it came in and how it sort of affected the marketing when you, you know, moved on from the pause. Sure, um, I, I'd say the simple thing would be things got more complicated. Um, it was definitely a, at least a bimodal, I think of the audience, at least bimodal. We've got our group, large group of consumers who know and love Campbell's, very comfortable cooking. Um, our job is really to just kind of tap into those memories and show up in a more modern way. But with that influx and a really big influx of new consumers, younger consumers, it really has caused us to have to think, um, to look at our plans as an and, not an or. So I'd say before the pandemic, we probably were actually much more focused in the newer, the younger consumers that we knew we needed to bring in. But just given all of what was happening, it was so important that we tapped into both audiences and the plan, the media plan, the activation plan certainly have gotten just more complicated because of that. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the creative. Uh, NFL season's now underway. Uh, you have Sean McVay, head coach of the Super Bowl champion, LA Rams, uh, in a series of ads. Let's show those first, and then I want to ask you sort of about that campaign and then what's ahead creatively. Sure. Listen up, we got a problem. A lot of you are skipping lunch like it doesn't matter. 
Well, this year we take a lunch, a hearty lunch, one with chunky soup. Chunky soup? Let's go! Let's go! Woo! Lunchtime is your halftime. We're on a mission to take a lunch, a filling one with chunky soup. Heads up! Mission accepted. 17 grams of protein in this can. Intern! Oh, you're the CEO now. All right. With chunky soup, lunchtime is your halftime. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> In an office environment, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's talk about that campaign a little bit, and then, yeah, sure. let's ahead. So that's year two. This is actually a great example of what we did. We had to pivot during the, the pandemic. Um, prior, there was this iconic Chunky campaign called Champions of Chunky. It had the player with his mom, very heartwarming. But what we saw was people were really caring about what's in their food, protein specifically. So we pivoted to making sure that the protein message came through. Well, we also saw that during the pandemic, lunches at home grew significantly. And when we were virtual, that was definitely the case. And so last year was the first year that we had lunchtime is your halftime. The team should have bought some lottery tickets because uh, their choice of talent ended up winning the Super Bowl. But for the second year is hybrid, you know, for those who can, hybrid as hybrid comes in, we don't want people to skip lunch. So that's, that's the theme of this year, this upcoming season. Fantastic. So are those coming out soon? When can we look for those? Oh, yes. Now. Yeah. Okay. Football started last weekend. All right. Fantastic. Um, so we've heard it already this morning uh, at Brand Week, uh, how brands are preparing how their teams for any kind of economic uncertainty that's ahead. How do you communicate that with your team? How do you look at it from um, the consumer side as well? So let's start with your Absolutely. Team. You know, I think one thing we're very proud of at Campbell's is we get to really help people connect and nourish their families and at a price that is affordable to most. And so living into our purpose, you know, it's in times like this that really brings that to life. And I think as wallets get tighter, it is that empathy of understanding the realities of it. And how can we, again, bring both that comfort and utility and think of it as the value proposition, ensuring that that is there every day. And I would imagine um, your product, your product line, is not immune to uh, inflationary pressures or, or recession by any means, but it's an affordable product. And so, um, and it wouldn't have been around for 150 years and survived two world wars and many, many other economic uh, challenges ahead. So from a consumer perspective, um, anything to add there? You know, I think um, absolutely it's an affordable product. I always say we're not the cheapest. You know, with you, everyone sees the trends around private label growing. I'm sure that's true across many, many categories and industries. So private label, you know, from a pure cost standpoint, um, that is something to be aware of. And so therefore, I think the value proposition has to be reinforced, that it's not just the food itself, it's the memories that you have, it's the people can't afford to fail. That is something we've seen, especially with our younger consumers, that they don't want the fail, and therefore they're gonna go for the branded, go for what's um, what they trust. And so those are elements um, of that, you know, I try to make sure the teams understand and that we're making it come to life. That's fantastic. I think for all the marketers in the room, that's, that's great advice for your teams or to take back to your brands as well, so. We'll be right back with more Brand Week, the podcast after these messages.
Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Um, let's talk about you a little bit. You, we talked a little bit earlier and you said you had no desire to be a marketer. You were going to be a renovation <laughs> expert, right? I didn't know marketing was a career. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Absolutely. Because um, you have a chemical engineering degree from Cornell. So how does that science background uh, inform sort of your creative decision making as, as CMO? So believe it or not, it does. And I didn't even realize it until recently. I was talking to someone and I was like, yeah, it's a little like the scientific method. Um, that is how I was trained, and for those of you who may not be aware of the scientific method, it starts with understanding what your problem is, like clearly articulating the problem to be solved. And then you write down your assumptions, your facts, you connect the dots amongst those to develop hypotheses that you then experiment with. You test, you learn, you measure, um, and you iterate before making a conclusion. And that's, when I think of my creative decision-making, that's exactly the process that I use. And with my teams, I spend a lot of time talking to them about, in, when I review briefs, looking at, are we clear on the problem we're trying to solve? And that isn't, oh, I wanna grow household penetration by X, or grow sales by Y. Um, I need that to be articulated in consumer terms, human behavior terms. What is the from to in human behavior? Because ultimately that's what marketing does. Every piece of marketing should be, should be goal, you know, aimed at changing or influencing human behavior. So that first step of defining the problem in human terms with a clear what is the desired change in behavior, that to me has probably been a bit of a difference maybe mm -hmm. um, in how it's shown up. I think the other one is in the hypothesis and the willingness to iterate, not just say, hey, one answer and that's the answer and I know it, but the willingness to put it out there, then you know, kind of see how it does respond and iterate to getting to ultimately the best answer. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting because we heard something very similar from Ryan Vershore from ABNBev this morning. It's, it boils down to those three things. It's what's the problem we're solving for? You know, how do you do that creatively, and then how do you execute, execute. on it, right? Mm -hmm. so, um, so you then moved into this consumer insights role, right, at General Mills, and then, and then over to Mondelez. You manage the Ritz, Triscuit, Wheatlands accounts, so you're already into the CPG space. What, tell this crowd a little bit about what you learned about those positions that prepared you to be a CMO, to be a good leader. As a leader. So even in my very first job um, in R&D, I've always, more often than not, had had teams that had way more experience, direct experience than myself. And, and so I think as I kind of look back as to what um, has been important for my success, it's been putting the ego aside. And that means 
being willing to ask silly, naive, maybe even stupid questions. When something doesn't make sense, go with your gut and ask versus wondering, oh, what does that say about me? Should I hold back on that? Um, another is also understanding that I'm not the expert, therefore I need to surround myself with experts. And frankly, when I look at my uh, leadership teams, they're way smarter than me. And they've done marketing way longer than I have, and I love it. And really my job is to figure out how to kind of piece everything together, and where are we going, and um, ensuring that I'm getting the best out of each person or partner. Um, when I look back, it really is the single most important things I do as a CMO or as a leader. It's all people related. So I'm very performance driven. But that performance, at least today, still comes from humans, from people, and therefore the hardest parts, but also the most important and critical parts are all people related. Which must be refreshing for your team. What do you think your team would say about you as a leader? <laughs> Uh, it's never boring. Um, I would say definitely that. Um, I know when I joined, I said, if you love learning and you love making an impact and doing cool things, um, then you're going to love working with me. Um, and if that doesn't get you excited, well, you know, we'll have a different conversation. <laughs> um, who are some other uh, leaders, marketers that, that inspire you? So I feel like the most authentic way for me to answer that is through myself as a consumer. And that's why I love what I, we get to do, right? We're all consumers ourselves. And I think, you know, before even having to go out to run research, dive into your own self. And so for me, um, Peloton has actually been the brand that has, I've just been so inspired and impressed with the level and pace of innovation. Um, I've been with Peloton since probably 2018. So it's, or, yeah, I think that's about right. Um, it's been a long time, but man, they are always ahead of myself. So the innovations and services and products, um, they do exactly what I try to do as a marketer, which is get ahead of the consumer. Consumers can't even, you know, I can't even articulate what is it next that I want, and then it shows up on Peloton. So it really has kept me a very loyal um, advocate. And they've been challenged, I would say, yes, post-pandemic. So. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I didn't know Dara. I don't know Dara, but I saw her recently speak. And the reminder of one crisis after another and the resiliency and kind of humbleness, you know, in that, but confidence, um, it, it's, it's inspiring. So absolutely. It's, so it's the confidence to be able to lead through the challenges. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, as I said, uh, do have time for some questions. So if you got one, raise your hand. We're gonna uh, hand the mic around. But let's get to your takeaways. Uh, let's All pop right. those on the screen. Okay. Um, uh, there, there they are. are. Hopefully, I yeah. touched on everything. This will be a test. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one is. Oh. Yep. <laughs> we'll back it up. 
By the way, morning wellness. Yeah, don't forget tomorrow morning. Yeah. Okay, all right. The first one, um, long-standing brands have good bones that are timeless. And really, yes, upfront, spend the time to understand those versus kind of creating your own agenda. I think that's really important. Um, staying the course doesn't mean avoid making those unexpected turns along the way. I think we've all learned that over the last three years of nothing is predictable. Um, but it doesn't mean you have to let go of what your ambition or strategy is. Um, build your team of experts, ask questions, and be prepared to feel uncomfortable. I think I feel uncomfortable every day. Um, and then the bonus takeaway um, may or may not work for some of you. The scientific method uh, does work in marketing. That's absolutely my takeaway, the scientific <laughs> method. So thank you for that. A little geekiness. <laughs> no, it's, if it works for you, then, it's, then it works. Uh, we have a question right here. Thank you. Linda, great chat. I'm Dave Edwards from R3. Um, can you share what, if at all, you're, you might be in-housing on your team at Campbell's and maybe how that's changed in the last two years since you started? Oh my goodness, that's such a good question. Um, you know, at Campbell's, we're small enough that we, we can be agile. We're not big enough necessarily to justify the, the not only the cost, it's actually sometimes cheaper to in-house. What is difficult and what I balance it with is career progression. So when you in-house, you gotta make sure that you can give people a long-running career path and they're able to develop. That's always a big question of mine is can we be expert at it? So if we're gonna in-house, can you build the infrastructure and commitment to it such that not only is the output great, but people, the people underneath that output are at their best. And so as a result, um, majority of the stuff, I don't, I'm kind of thinking out loud here, I don't think we've in-housed. However, what we have done is, and I learned this when I spent a little time on the agency side, is you're only going to get the, the best out of your agency. It's limited by your internal talent. Because as a client, and I didn't say that in the most pithy way, as a client, my agency is only going to match up to what I expect. And therefore, what we've been doing is bringing in the experts, bringing in people with great you know, talent um, on all of, whether it's design, media, communications, you know, experience, bringing in the best on the inside, which is a bit of investment, such that we're gonna get, just be better clients and partners to our agencies, and we can together get to better work. Thank you. Great question. Got one over here. Hey, Linda, Alexa from IBM. Nice to see you again. Hello. So I'm um, red and white, 125 years. Uh, what do you guys have on the docket to celebrate? Um, do you have something special coming? I know you like big buzzworthy things. You did NFTs last year. What well, can you share? So, okay, funny question. We share <laughs> meme with the company and we've got the condensed soup, the consumer brand. And because of that, last year, and we had a 150th, so three years ago, we had a 150th birthday or celebration of Campbell's, the company. So this year, it's the 125th birthday of condensed soup. 
a little confusing. So a bit of a call that I made was, you know what, internally we just had this massive birthday party internally to celebrate and, you know, so many employees have such great stories to share and in such an important, it is probably the cornerstone to our company. Um, so we had a big internal celebration. We're not actually going to confuse consumers. <laughs> That was my big concern, is that we just celebrated 150, you know, 50, is 125 going to be confusing? So, nothing consumer-facing. Great question. Do you have any more? I have one more. Okay. So, almost three years in? Yes. Um, what have you learned in this journey to modernize the brand that maybe you would have done differently? Um, I would say I think I'm pretty bold and impatient and when we you know you, when you're doing a massive transformation you got to break it down to chapters and for me the chapter of approach has been make the paid work even harder modernize it um, and then the second chapter was around really modernizing how we think about earned. And I do believe when you have earned and paid working well together, it gets you that, you know, 3x your current um, performance. And so owned was the third pillar that I took a rent to own approach of how do I do that quickly? Well, it means I got to rent it for now. Um, and so we're now in year three just really owning our owned. And you know, if I could do things over again, I would have found a way to just say, spend the money, and how do we accelerate that piece in parallel? Um, again, I'm not a very patient person, and I kind of believe things need to be done in 18 months. So, so that's the one thing that, you know, looking back, um, it might have killed my team, though. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not sure we could have, it would have been the right decision. I think it is what it is. What keeps you up at night? Um, what keeps me up at night is, again, in that theme of transformation, it's a lot of work. It's really hard. And I describe it as not only a marathon, but it's really actually a marathon that's made of sprint after sprint after sprint. And it can almost seem endless, these sprints. And so what keeps me up at night is, how do we not get burnout? and that's my team, that's myself. It is, that's, it's very real. Even when you're super excited with the marathon you're running and kind of the, the wins along the way, um, it's a lot. And, and so that's, that's the one thing I worry about is how do we keep people fueled and find that right balance of drive, but also, I mean, it really is wellness in some ways and patience. That's part of the scientific method, right? <laughs> yeah. It has to be, or it should be. Linda Lee, thank you so much. Thank you. CMO of Campbell's Meals and Beverages. Thank you. So that's it. Thank you for listening to Brand Week, the podcast, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino and John Heil. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.